0: You need indeed.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the DFS OGs Podcast, part two here, talking everything week five, right here on RotoGrinders.com. I am Chris, Beermaker's fan, Prince, joined as always by my OGs, Derek Farnsworth, you know him as the David Kaplan, a.k.a. Head Chopper. Boys, are we ready to rock out part two here? Chop, what's going on?
2: Ready man. Part 2 the afternoon slate. Always fun.
1: That's where we recoup our losses from part 1. There's always that chance on part 2 and on the afternoon slate. Derek, part 2, ready to
0: roll here.
3: Yeah, I'm excited for this week. Should be a lot of fun. We talked about uh the high totals and uh, the high scoring so far in the NFL this season in part 1 of the pod. And uh yeah, I mean it just seems like this is one of those seasons where you can't afford to miss on any single player. If you have one dud in your lineup, Uh, good luck cashing, even in some of these uh, 50-50s and stuff. It's been uh, pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, and the high-scoring games will continue here, Derek. We'll get started with you. Raiders and Chargers to lead us off here on the Sunday afternoon slate. The Raiders, we talked about in part one, uh, Cleveland should have won that game, but Oakland pulled it off, and and Derek Cardo, Amari Cooper, and Jared Cook was probably a profitable stack out there. Now they travel to the Chargers, who Chargers always find a way. You know, they they win close, they lose ugly. It's never smooth sailing here for the Chargers. But we know Rivers, we know Melvin Gordon. What about those pass catchers there? Keenan Allen has been up and down. Mike Williams was on a roll, then disappeared last week. Tyrell Williams emerges last week. What are your thoughts there? Who can we play? Who do we fade? Raiders and Chargers.
3: Yeah, so I'll start with the Chargers, and they just tilt me so hard. Every time I play them, they get out to a big lead. Uh, every time I fade them, they uh, end up getting down, and then it's like, well, I know Rivers is going to go off. All the running backs can get all these uh, touches. Uh, just like last week, they got down, and then all of a sudden, all their guys just had big games. But uh, definitely a good spot for them. They should easily take care of business at home. Uh, the Raiders ranked 31st in DVA against the pass. As far as the running backs go, uh, it's pretty much a 75-25 split for Melvin Gordon. While he hasn't seen a ton of touches this year, uh, averaging eight and a half targets and four and a half red zone opportunities per game, which is monstrous, and with such a high total, you got to like him. Uh, I like Rivers quite a bit. I'll still lean toward uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams as my go-to wide receivers to target in this offense. But you could easily just play, you know, Rivers and Gordon together, or you know, Rivers and Eckler and Allen, or you know, there's a number of ways that you can uh, stack up this Chargers offense. As far as the Raiders go. Yeah, I don't really want to target a bunch of them. Bad game script for Marshawn Lynch. Uh, We could see Casey Hayward, Shadow, Mari Cooper. Not really sure this early in the week. But if that's the case, then maybe look at Jared Cook again. Um, He's been awesome so far. And, yeah, he's probably the one guy i trust uh, over on the Raiders.
1: Yeah, kind of a shocking stat when I was looking through everything. The Chargers are dead last in the league against number one wide receivers, which I I thought was crazy. So – Cooper, I think is still in play, but Choppy seems to be a guy. When, when you think he's in play, he's not. When you put him on the bench or you don't play him, that's when he goes off. What are you doing here with Amari Cooper, and then the rest of this game, Raiders and Chargers?
2: Hey, Amari, another guy I played last week. And watching about whew, three and a half quarters of that game, I was like, oh my god, why did I why did I roster this guy? Three catches for 37 yards, and he, he back doored into a touchdown. But I was like, this little 12-point performance is terrible. Then all of a sudden, in the late fourth quarter, he comes to life. So congratulations on Chucky for getting his win here, first win in 10 years. You know, good job, Chucky. But I don't know how much of these guys I can – like, outside of Jared Cook, the rest of this stuff is really, really tough to roster, man. Uh, So I don't know. But it looks like a good game, so maybe maybe there's something to it. I'm also shocked that Jordy Nelson actually – like, he's had the one good game and the rest of the games don't look good, but if you watch the games, he's actually looked pretty decent. So, props to Jordy Nelson. I think one of those guys has a. And they also tried to get Martavis involved a little bit last week. So maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they're onto something here. I don't know, but I think it's. I think there's plenty of points in this game. So uh, on the flip side, there, I tell you what, I I tell you where I, I I see this going for the Chargers at home. This is not a Melvin Gordon game. So I'll be focused on Rivers and Allen and Mike Williams. Those are the guys I want against the Raiders this week. Although, you know, Nick Chubb looked great against that Oakland run defense last week. Three carries, 100-plus yards, and two touchdowns. I don't think this is a Melvin Gordon game. I'll be avoiding Gordon. This is – I mean, Gordon is notorious. He does not have three good weeks in a row ever. So that's definitely a hard pass for me.
1: It, it, is that the reason why? Because the Raiders are allowing the third most rushing yards on the season. So I,
2: yeah, I, that no, that's strictly. It. I know the Raiders are not good, but Melvin Gordon just does not have three. He's oh, you know what? Well, we are. We're not going to get to that game. I'm going to get. I'm going to. I got. Melvin Gordon had a good game last week. That's all I'm going to say. He had a good a good game the week before that. He just doesn't do it three times in a row. I'm passing. I'm passing.
1: Okay, that, that, <laughs> that's the uh, the chop reasoning. Austin Eckler I thinks interesting as well, Derek. I think you, you mentioned his name, but nine or more fantasy points. In every game this season, so at forty-two hundred on DraftKings, he can provide you some value. And, and Chop, is he a is he a play then? If you don't like Gordon, you know it's a good matchup against the run. Where, what are your thoughts on Eckler, real quick?
2: Uh, no, I'm gonna pass. And the, the reason why, honest, in all honesty, is because uh, Philip Rivers is going is the guy in this offense. So it's up to Philip Rivers what he wants to do. So he's been deferring a lot to Melvin Gordon, and you know, and they've had to, he had to check down a lot last week too. So I think this is a Rivers game. Rivers not going to let Gordon or Eckler or any runner run the ball for any success. I think Rivers is going to take this one upon himself and, and light this team up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I had a lot of Rivers last week. It was all right, but this is a good matchup. Baker Mayfield looked pretty good against them. And going into last week, second to last in DVOA against the pass and 28th against the run. So. Chargers should be able to do whatever they want here. One of my favorite teams uh, to stack up on the weekend. All right, Chop, Arizona and San Francisco. The woes continue for Arizona, but we did see a little bit better usage for David Johnson. What we also saw is the price fall again, Chop, 6,300 in this matchup against the 49ers. And going to that side, your boy Beat hard. He, he looked all right. Him and Kittle had a good connection. You're going back to that well here against, uh, against the Cardinals.
2: Okay. So, Arizona. I don't like Josh Rosen, so uh, I won't be on that train. Won't be on the Fitzgerald train or Chad Williams. Maybe Christian Kirk. Uh, I don't even know if he gets enough volume to, to do it for me. Let me look up those targets real quick from Rosen's first five targets that's fair that's nothing nothing to go overboard about so I'm not into the past but if you're ever going to play David Johnson this has got to be the week I don't know what his ownership ownership is just so upside down this year i want to get in I want to get into it more here in a couple games but ownership is so awkward I don't know I don't know where it's going to end up this year he hasn't had good games David Johnson but the price tag is down now so I don't know how that's going to end up but if you're ever gonna play him, this is the week with this salary, and this is a good enough matchup. So I guess I'll be all in on David Johnson here. And then, on the flip side, I like Matt Brietta. He's I think he's matchup proof. I think he's going to get more touches than Alfred Morris by quite a quite a wide margin here. And uh, he's the one guy I really trust. Uh, and Betther does have a nice connection with Kittle. And Arizona is not scaring me on defense, so I think you could go to Kittle. And I, but I like Brietta the most. Not, not a big fan of the wide receivers here, and I, I don't think I want to roster Bethard, but uh, Brietta and Kittle are my guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think there could be some cheap receiver value for the 49ers. We saw Pettis get hurt. We saw Goodwin get hurt. So, you know, it's Garcon, and then, you know, maybe a guy like Kendrick Bourne, but who knows? So it's something to keep an eye on. You could have a starting receiver in the three case here against Arizona. All right, Derek, thoughts on David Johnson? I, I think 6,300. He's played well against this 49ers team in the past. Uh, is he close to a must-play for you, or are you still not buying?
3: I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I think this is finally the week that I go all in on David Johnson. Uh, Season-high 25 opportunities last week, which is just carries plus targets. Still wish he was getting more work in the passing game. But, um, yeah, I like what they did with them. Hopefully, you know, with Rosen under center, they just decide to give David Johnson, you know, all the carries he can handle. So definitely like him. Love that price point of 6300 for the Niners, you know, I know Kittle had the big game, but his price is up to 5400 on DraftKings. Uh, and that big game was largely inflated due to that one yard catch. Uh, and we know Bethard, you know, he likes to check down. Uh, last year, he, he, like, broke the record for his check down rate. So I like Matt Breida as well. Played 38 of the 60 snaps last week and uh, missed a couple due to his injury. So I do think he's going to be, you know, solely morphing into that workhorse back that we're looking for. Um, I like that call quite a bit by Chop.
1: All right, let's move on to one a little bit more fantasy goodness here, Derek. Vikings and Eagles, two teams obviously, no two of the better teams in the NFC have both kind of looked up and down uh, so far on the seasons, but lots of fantasy options here. Alshon Jeffrey back in the mix. What are your thoughts? here, Vikings and Eagles?
3: So the Eagles do have a very good defense, especially when they're playing at home. I know they didn't look great last week against Tennessee, but uh, their DVOA looks good against the run and the pass. Vikings have the fourth lowest implied total of any team uh, in the slate um, of all thirty teams in action, actually. So, not really a ton of interest for me uh, when it comes to the Vikings. Don't really want to play Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, just hasn't looked great dealing with that injury. Maybe look at Adam Thielen again. Runs most of his routes in the slot. He's been awesome so far this season. So, I, I don't mind Thielen, especially if you're playing the afternoon slate. And then on Philly, just not a lot to like here either. Uh, you know, Wentz has looked. Decent, I guess. Uh, The running backs just continue to split work. Probably just Ertz for me. He's uh, averaging 12 targets a game, 28% market share, which is uh, the highest of any tight end in the NFL. And uh, the Vikings, the one position they've struggled with has been tight end. So probably just going to be Ertz for me in this one.
1: Vikings defense struggling, Chop, you know, without some of their better players, we thought it'd be a, a better defense, and it just hasn't. I I, I disagree, Derek. I, I think this is a good spot for the Eagles at home. Chop, where do you land on this one, Vikings and Eagles?
2: I think this is a really good game. Very, very interesting game. I'm anxious to – this is one I'd be targeting in those afternoon slates, but uh, and one that will go way under the radar. So, for the Vikings – yeah, I really like this spot for these pass. Kept. The only thing that will slow down this game, this passing game for the Vikings this year, is when they get into uh, those grinded-out games because of their defense and they don't need to score. But anytime they need to be, they need to press it, man, they're going to be awesome fantasy-wise. Cousins to Thielen and D. It's all so centered there between those three guys. I, I love it. So, And I think this is a game where they have to score, so therefore – All three of them, I think they look fantastic, so I'm all on that passing. And, of course, you know, the Eagles' defense, albeit pretty good DVOA numbers, like Derek said, you know, generally speaking, the fantasy numbers against them. I know things can be a little – there's a balance. You need to strike between those two. But two of their games this year, they've been lit up by very subpar. I mean, they haven't faced, like, a great quarterback regardless, but Fitzpatrick for 400-plus, Mariota last week for 340. 344 actually, you know, like, and the other guys, they face Andrew Luck with his noodle arm in week three, and then Matt Ryan to start off the year. Like, they haven't even faced good quarterbacks, and they've given up production. So I think Kirk Cousins can sit back and pick them apart. And, and of course, uh, the only thing – because the secondary is so bad, the only thing you got to worry about is the pass rush, and, you know, Kirk Cousins against the pass rush is very good. So, you know, we're good there. On the flip side, the Eagles, I think, I think they could get some things done here. You're right, the Vikings haven't looked good. And, uh, you know, the Rams have a lot of weapons, but it was really the play calling that opened that thing up on uh, Thursday night for the Rams over the Vikings. So I think that Philly has a good enough coaching staff to see that and take advantage of it, make some good play calls. Uh, I think they could put up some points and, and really press Minnesota into scoring here. So I like Wentz. I think he's slowly getting his, his leg back under him. He's going to be fine. Aguilar is going to eventually, you know – be better and Jeffrey actually looked phenomenal for a first game back due to injury like that so I think there's a I think Wentz can light it up here
1: yeah I see another shootout here and it's kind of shocking when you look at the fantasy numbers like you brought up Chop both teams bottom 11 against the quarterback and bottom eight in the entire league against the wide receiver position so I think a very stackable game I agree Thielen Diggs Cousins is always a stack that you can look to and in Philadelphia it's just picking the right pass catchers but we saw great games out of Ertz and Jeffrey. Aguilar got double-digit targets in that game, so I see a game stack here, no doubt. Very intriguing game for me. All right, next game: Rams and Seahawks. Another one I think is interesting, but more so on the Rams side here, Chop. What do we do with the Seattle side? I think that's the tough question here.
2: Uh, so I'm going to be completely out on Seattle in this game, and more or less out on Seattle until the the perfect matchups come along. They're just they're not really a good offense. Russell Wilson's running for his life back there in the running game. Not really that great. I don't know. Just ball, Baldwin's limping around on one leg. So I could pass on the Seattle. I think this Rams defense is way too tough uh, for Seattle. So, um, I mean, that offensive line is so bad. I can't imagine what Sue and Aaron Donald are going to do to these guys. Let on me that put you to the line. test here now.
1: Have you seen <laughs> the pricing? I'm assuming you saw the price tag on Russell Wilson. Uh,
2: I'm looking at 5.1. It's, but, I mean, that's – it's what he deserves. Like, like I don't – Something like, I'll fight the David Johnson one. All right, 6.3 for David Johnson. Uh, it's not like – it's not him. It's his opportunities, you know, in that game. Like, that's what we're looking for. Over here, Russell has the ball every in his hands every time so far this year. It's not the opportunity. It's just that that offensive line is so bad. What can he do? So, what is he going to do in this game against one of the best defenses in the NFL, which, by the way, the Rams are shockingly good everywhere – on defense, on offense, secondary, defensive line, everywhere, they're so good that they got to be the Super Bowl favorite right now. So I don't, I just don't, I know he's a good cheap price on Wilson, but like Derek said earlier, man, the pricing on quarterbacks is really thin these days. It's really compacted. We don't, I don't think we need to worry about those really cheap guys anymore because it used to be Brady and Rogers and those guys up at 8K. That's not the case anymore everybody's in the same range. So I don't think I need to take a chance on a guy who just can't get going because of the offensive line and no receivers. So I'm going to pass on. I'm going to pass on those low salaries, you know. Um, and then on the flip side, the Rams are always going to be solid. Ah, This after last week and watching Cooks get off, Woods and Cup all get off, I think maybe Gurley comes back this week. Uh, high price tag, but I think he's your number one scorer on the Rams.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to look at the passing game. Just you know, that was that was the the island game. Everybody saw it, so I think that's a good call there. But things I never thought I'd say in 2018: CJ Beathard is only two hundred dollars cheaper than Russell Wilson. <laughs> I mean, he's cheaper than Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Dak Prescott, Case Keenum. Derek, where do you land on this? Because I I agree that the quarterback pricing is tightened up. You don't have to go to these guys. I just see a scenario they're playing from behind all day. It's going to put everything on his plate. 5100 are you buying or are you not buying?
3: Uh, when I first saw the price, I was interested. And then uh, the more I look at it, the more I'm going to be avoiding him. Just, yeah, like Chop said, no offensive line. He's not been running nearly as much this season. In the two games against the Rams last year, he threw for 198 yards and a touchdown and 142 yards and a touchdown. So this defense has bottled him up in the past. Uh, his wide receivers just don't look great. I don't mind taking a shot on Baldwin. Did play 76% of the snaps. Pretty good uh, price point for him. He'll be able to avoid Marcus Peters since he runs most of his routes in the slot. But just not really buying uh, anyone against uh, the Rams, at least not anyone on Seattle. Not on the Rams Yeah, You can just pick your poison here. You can target Goff with any of his pass catchers. You can target Gurley. Uh, it just matters on what you want to do. I know Seattle's a tough place to play historically, but this isn't the same defense that we've seen in the past.
1: No, I mean, we got a 50-51 point total here. The Rams, seven, seven and a half point favorites here uh, going into Seattle. So and I think poor, it's all all systems go on the Rams for sure.
3: And pouring out for Earl Thomas.
1: Man, that was, yeah, that sucked. And of course, old Levion came up and rose to the occasion there and uh, had his boys back, but yeah, that sucks when that happens. And obviously, he let those frustrations out on the sideline, and I think it was deservedly so. But uh, yeah, definitely a poor one out there. I hate to see that. All right, let's move on to Sunday night football. Derek, we got Dallas and Houston. So, Chop, we'll get to you here in a minute the Battle of Texas. Uh, but, Derek, we saw Houston go into Indy and get it done. Dallas, it's been up and down, but got the home win against the Lions. How does this one break out? You got an injured Will Fuller, you have the arrival. Of Kiki Cutie, are you going back to that well at 4,200?
3: All right, so trivia time. Uh, Which Cowboys player has the most uh, targets and the most pass routes run this season?
1: I am going to say Ezekiel Elliott.
3: (laughs) Got it. Try to trick you on that one, yeah. Uh, not only is he a workhorse running back, but he's also leading the team, you know, in targets in pass routes run. Coming off of that big game, I know he's been, uh, you know, nursing some injuries. But if you're playing this two-game slate, I do like Zeke quite a bit. Really, the only interesting play for me on the Cowboys. Lots to like on Houston. I know Dallas is just going to try to, you know, milk the clock and take the air out of the football. But you got to like Deshaun Watson with his pass catchers. You mentioned Kiki Q- Cutie. 11 of 15 targets caught last week for 109 yards, and then you also got Hopkins and Fuller. Um, yeah, I love the spot for them. Uh, no more Lamar Miller for me. This That was my final straw last week. Uh, he's done for me, but love the passing game here.
1: Finally, Chop, it took us four weeks. We'll call this five weeks to get our boy off of Lamar Miller. We finally got it done. So a little pat on the back for us. But, Chop, <laughs> Battle of Texas here. What do you think? Texans
2: and Cowboys. So I referenced some ownership numbers earlier. Like I was, sh- I was just shocked this past weekend when you open up and you saw I saw Ezekiel Elliott on DraftKings at thirty plus percent owned. Like just shocked. I know he had a good game. And he was on my list for sure. One of the guys I wanted. But out of all the running backs out there, and there was a, a bunch of them that you could play on DraftKings. You know, like he was thirty plus percent. Just crazy, crazy. The ownership. And then the chalk hit. The chalk hit so hard, man. It's just. Whew, you got to rethink these things this year. This is a special year here. It's different. We're going to have to rethink our ownership and the way we, the way we go about building lineups, man. We may just have to eat some chalk here. So Elliot deserves, uh, you know, all the props here in the Cowboys offense. Cause he is a one man show. There's no pass receiving here. So yeah, I guess you could fire him up. He's a one man show. And, but that's about all I can do for Dallas. So on the Houston side, i uh, yeah, like Derek said, there's no there's no running game here. No, give me I'll pass on Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue. It's all about the pass catchers. I think my absolute no breaking news here, but my instinct is that Will Fuller sits this game out. You know he did, couldn't play in the second half last week. It's a small it's a soft tissue injury, so I think they get him some rest here, which is going to make QT even better. But let's fast forward here. A couple of weeks when all these guys are healthy, man. Deshaun Watson's going to have a hell of an arsenal to throw to. It's going to be pretty good stuff. But, yeah, all pass catchers here, Hopkins, QT, Watson.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a stackable team. You, You know the distribution of targets, and you know where they're going. So, with Fuller in there or not, those are the three guys. If not, then it's real easy. It's the two pass catchers and Watson and get creative somewhere else. All right, let's wrap up the analysis here. You're listening to the DFS OGs podcast right here on roto grinders chop monday night football washington and new orleans you have the return of mark ingram and does that change anything here alvin Kamara, we're still paying a big price tag we saw these two play very well together last season does anything change in your mind for alvin Kamara here on monday night football
2: everything changes absolutely everything changes and uh you know it's a game i wish it was on the main slate so i could take advantage of maybe more 35% alvin Kamara cuz i don't think he needs i don't i don't think that's where i don't i mean he's a fade for me yeah his efficiency is not as good and then that's of course that's going to happen with more volume but it's been the volume that's gotten him through this year and uh i just think it's not going to quite be there quite as much with ingram back and especially if somehow new orleans jumps out to that lead and they can pull and put Ingram in there to nurse the clock, which he's the, he's the clock nurser. So everything at 9.6K, everything has to break perfectly for Kamara to pay off that. And I'm looking at the, the salaries for overall. I don't know what the showdown slate salaries are, but 9.6 for the all-games all, all games slate on DraftKings. So it's just too big of a price tag, man, for things to have to break, break perfect for you. So, yeah, I think everything changes there. I think you could play Ingram. He's going to step right on into that clock-killing role. Michael Thomas is still, uh, you know, a solid player, but now he's gonna. It's the same thing for him, though. Not as many shootouts, maybe. If if it's not a shootout, maybe Thomas doesn't get those fifteen targets, and everything kind of, the expectations go go down a little bit. I think the big headline here is Adrian Peterson returning back to New Orleans, you know, where they cut him last year. So he's, I think, he's got a little revenge on his mind, a little AD Adrian Peterson all day. I think I like a I like a little Adrian Peterson on the showdown slate.
1: You meant to say AP, right, Chop? Those are his initials. <laughs> All
2: day. No, he's looked really good. He's looked really spry. Now he got a bye week. Man, and the New Orleans defense hasn't been great this year, not not anything close to what they were last year. Peterson may have a really good game here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely where you want to attack. I mean, the, the Saints have struggled, no doubt. They've been good against the run, though. That That's where I hesitate. They've been horrible against the pass, good against the run. So, We'll see, Derek. Wrap us up here for the analysis. We'll get to some user questions next, and then we'll get out of here. But thoughts on Monday Night Football: Redskins and Saints.
3: Yeah, seeing as how we do the OG podcast. We should absolutely like the older guys, but uh, you guys take AP or AD, whatever you want to call nah, them. Nah, nah,
1: nah, nah, nah. Chopstick. I'll, and AD. I'll
3: take. I'll take Chris Thompson. Three hundred dollars more. Full PPR side a game where they might be trailing. Uh, I love Chris Thompson in this spot. And you can pretty much play anyone uh, from this game. In the Dome, going to be a high total, going to be a high-scoring game. As far as the Saints go, yeah, I agree with Chop. I mean, we don't know how many carries uh, they're going to steal away from Kamara. But Ingram, it's not like he's coming into this offense new. I mean, he's been here for years. He's been a big part of the offense for a long time. So he's certainly going to see more work than Gillisley did. I don't mind being underweight on Kamara. Uh, he's probably going to be you know 50 60 percent owned in this showdown slate so I absolutely love uh, that faith. Just hope that the touchdowns uh, don't come this week. I like getting back on Michael Thomas and then you can obviously play um, you know some of the uh, pass catchers for Washington as well, uh, whether it be Reed, whether it be Crowder. Um, just a good game to stack overall especially if you're playing the two game uh, primetime slate. Not a lot of uh, intrigue in the Dallas-Houston game outside of the Houston pass catchers, so this could be a good game to stack up in that two-game slate.
1: Yeah, I agree. There should be some fireworks in that one, another very high total at 52-and-a-half as of this recording. So uh, Vegas obviously sees a lot of points scored here on both sides of that one. So that'll wrap us up for the analysis here on part two of the OG's podcast. I want to do – I didn't do a pour one out. We got a team on buy, and I'm going to pour one out for old Fitz Magic. Uh, it was a good run while it lasted, but Jameis Winston was named the starter for last week. So, again, good run, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the Fitzmagic is over. Guys, any final thoughts here on the games before we get into some user questions? Derek, we'll go to you first.
3: Not really any final thoughts on the games, but, uh, yeah, I was really upset when I heard that Fitzmagic, uh, you know, that jacket that he put on wasn't even his. It was Deshaun Jacksons. Uh-huh. I. I was you, so disappointed.
1: You really think he had that in his outfit or his? Uh, I his thought outfit? he
3: was a new guy, new man.
1: <laughs> no, nope, that was all D-Jacks and his swag. So, yeah, it was again. It was fun, and hopefully, we get to see him again. It's always good seeing dudes like that play. But Chop, any final thoughts on the football here for Week Five?
2: The actual football stuff. I, I think there's a, a few injuries that you're going to have to look out for, and you can use them to your advantage. So. Uh, I don't, I'm not even going to bother doing a whole lot of prep before Saturday night or Sunday morning. I'm just, you know, I'm going to wait for some of these injuries to clear up before I really dip in to start building teams.
1: Yeah. A couple of notes here, Chop, not trying to steal your breaking news job here, but Rob Gronkowski was not at practice as of this recording. That was on Tuesday. By the time you guys hear this, we'll already have notification that being the Thursday game, but wanted to get it here anyway. And the Rams waved kicker, Sam Ficken. So See what they do there. But sounds like Greg Zerloin may be ready to return. Doesn't matter for us here in Daily. We don't have to worry about kickers, but wanted to get the note in there. Anyway, all right. to the user questions. And I want to take a second and again challenge our users. And part of this is my fault that I don't get the tweet out soon enough. But if you have a question, you can send it to any of the three of us at any point on Roto Grinders. But the questions kind of lack here. Not gonna lie. We're gonna answer them. We're gonna go through them. But I want to get some more interesting and fun questions in here next week. But let's get to the ones we have here for this week. Chop, will start with you. What is your Sunday superstition while you set lineups and sweat the games?
2: Superstition. I don't think I have necessarily a superstition. But, I mean, I guess the, the one thing I do do or I won't do, I will I will never look at my currently winnings or or even look at the app or the website – where it shows me, uh, where where it has a dollar amount attached to what you're winning right now on DraftKings or FanDuel. I just, I think that's just the worst, man, you know, because obviously things are always going to change every minute. So uh, I always like try to pull up the, like the desktop version of one of the sites and I just pull up the standings so that I'm just seeing where I'm at and what my team looks like. And but I hate looking at my currently winnings. I just, I won't do it during, I wait till it's all over before I even glance at what I've won or, or what I'm about to win.
1: Yeah, Especially in those showdown slates, because you can go from winning 200,000 to winning nothing in the span of one play. So that that's uh, not good for the old ticker. So I agree. That's actually one of mine. I tend to do better when I, I don't look at, obviously I'm watching it. I'm following my players and following the scores, but, I do better when I don't look at my, my scores on FanDuel or DraftKings. So I just leave that alone and check it at the end of the day. So we're kind of on the same page there. Derek, any Sunday superstitions for you?
3: Well, to touch on uh, Chop's point, uh, it's crazy that all three of us, you know, don't check our actual winnings until the very end. I've talked to a lot of people about this, and everyone thinks I'm crazy for not doing it. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, as far as superstitions myself, don't have many um although my uh, my best nfl season i did listen to uh you know aloe black the i'm the man song you guys remember that one to to <laughs> you
2: jamming out every morning while Sunday making morning. Uh, yeah while
3: making my lineups i just had that on repeat up until lineup lock. um so maybe i'll have to bring that one back
1: all right let's go to the next question from levy and it's a grocery store question so if either of you guys hit the grocery store Derek, i can see you stopping and, and, and get, grabbing a couple items so 10 item registers the it 10 individual items, or can you have five of one item and nine other items? Cause they're technically still only 10 items.
3: I go to the grocery store, but my trips are very small. So I am a frequent visitor of the 10 item or less line. There's nothing worse than somebody that pulls up with the full cart. Um, yeah. If you don't, if you have more than 10 items, get out of here. Um, just come on, man.
1: I agree. I don't care if it's all the same items, because that's what I do. If I do have to stop, it's quick. We need milk. We need bread. I'll run in, and it's always that lane. And there's always some jackass with 38 (laughs) items, and they're all the same thing. It's still 38 items. Stick to the 10. Chop, any grocery store trips for you, and what are your thoughts here on the 10-item lane?
2: Bro, 10 means 10. Don't come (laughs) at me with no 20 items, because when I'm in line behind you, you don't – I'm just – I'm like uh, when I'm in line behind somebody like that and they know they've messed up because they can, they can feel me searing down their neck with my eyes, I'm just waiting for them to look at me so I can make eye contact with them so they know. They know they made a mistake, like a bad dog, a bad boy. You made a mistake. Don't come at me with no 20 items. I don't care if you got 20 little – shaving creams just all the same here just 20 shaving 20 whatever i don't care if it's the same item you got 20 items go to the other line man please
1: and and the best is the person at the register gives them the same damn look that you're (laughs) giving them because they know they're breaking the rules so all right chop we got a question specifically for you i mean this guy maybe should change his name from the benny snell fan club to the chop fan club he wants to know how does he prevent how does he not get catfished on tinder (laughs)
2: how would i know that i, I don't even, i don't i've never downloaded the tinder app i don't know man i could i mean first of all if you're asking like i don't have any experience in it but uh i would imagine use some damn common sense man more than likely you're not if uh, if there's a little photo there of a supermodel She's probably not really that into you, okay? She's probably not really the real girl there. Just I, You can't, tr- first of all, be very, very cognizant of everything on the internet. Nothing is real. Nobody is real out there. All the pictures you see, uh, the avatars and everything, none of that stuff. Nobody's real, man. Please don't fall for that stuff. This is 2018. We're better than this, guys.
1: And if you're dating someone, whether it's a guy or a girl, and you don't see this person for a year or two years, like how the hell is that a relationship? You, you cannot have a relationship over the internet. I don't care what anybody tells you. So if you don't see the person, they don't exist. That's how you don't get catfished. Derek, any thoughts here? It's three married dudes. So I, all I know is about Tinder is you swipe right or left. But that's it. So any, any thoughts here on this question? Yeah,
3: not really. Uh, the last time I was single, the only uh, real social media dating site was MySpace, so uh, that was Damn. quite a while ago. Um, but uh, actually, I watched a movie on Netflix. It wasn't a very good movie, but she catfished the dude, and then they ended up happily ever after. So
1: uh, maybe, maybe possible. There you go. You've been playing Lamar Miller since the days of MySpace. <laughs> so glad we broke that habit for you. All right, let's get to the fabulous Mrs. Noda with another four pack of questions here. So we'll wrap it up with this. But Derek, your wife. So we'll start with you. Who is the most entertaining person to follow on Twitter in the DFS community?
3: Uh, I would probably say the guys that like to stir up some controversy. So like Draft Cheat's a good follow. Uh, Saul Goodman, baseball's DFS. Uh, you know those, those are those are three of my favorites. Just because you know I'm I'm one of those guys that likes to sit back and just read everyone else go
1: at it. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. But there's definitely some good trolls out there. I agree with Draft Cheat. I miss the days of the old DP. DP was was phenomenal on Twitter. His game's kind of falling off here. So, DP, if you're out there listening, let's get you back on the old Twitter machine in rare form. Chop, any thoughts here? Most entertaining person to follow. Chop, you're pretty good on Twitter. I'll give you that. But anyone else that you love to read on Twitter?
2: Yeah, there's some good guys out there to follow uh that are make it see the key is you, you need to have some entertainment and then every once in a while you sprinkle in some serious stuff and there's a balance there. But a lot of guys I have to eliminate because there's some good there's some good Twitter guys out there, but I can't I can't see the I d I can't do the screenshots every night. I can't look at that. I don't, I could care less, you know, about yeah. your your followers' screenshot. I don't want that. So I'm going to eliminate those guys and I'm going to, I'm going to narrow it down all the way down to draft Cheat right now. Like there's a lot of good contenders out there. Tommy G's good. You know, there's some good, there's some good, but he'll pop down them damn screenshots every night. And I don't want to see all that stuff. So at least draft Cheat just screenshots about two or three times a year. Other than that, I love it when he puts his uh, the av- his somebody else's avatar on his name, changes his name, and then and then you got to do like a triple take. What? Oh, that was just draft cheat. I can't, you know, you you almost got me there, man. Like, that's a good follow, right? So I give it to draft cheat.
1: Yeah, he's he's good for sure, and I really hope. I know we talked about this before, but this boxing match has got to happen. I mean, that that's going to hundred percent.
2: No way. You don't <laughs> think
1: it's gonna go down?
2: No way. I mean, I give. Siege is uh, another entertaining follow for a different type of reason, you know. But like, this is all just him working up a little publicity for his for his new site, and you know, hey, more power to him, man. That's that's what this is all. Of, that's what social media is all about. But no way he goes through with that.
1: Now, Chop, I gotta ask you because you almost got into a little death match yourself. I saw a little little challenge thrown out to uh, a fellow RG contributor, Britt Divine, about. Why are you guys leaving Twitter? Any traction on that challenge?
2: Oh no, he's scared. I knew he was gonna get scared. That's why I threw it out there in the first place. I knew he wasn't gonna go for that, but I was just giving. He was he posted something about a tournament. I was just giving him a hard time. I knew he wasn't gonna. I knew he he didn't want to have put those stakes on it. So. Yeah, he, he's he's still living off of that one big week one win. He'll live off of that week one win for about three or four more years, so give it to him.
1: <laughs> all right, let's move on to number two. If you're on death row, Chop, what's your last meal?
2: Good question because there's a lot of good stuff out there. But uh, I would think, considering I'm on death row and I don't have to worry about my weight anymore, my figure and all that stuff is a moot point, I'm going to get some decadent stuff. So I think I'm going to go with uh, – I like all kinds of food, but I'm going to go with some ribs that are just slathered in barbecue sauce, all the fixings on the side, all the nice fatty fixings, and then finish that meal off with like a dessert. Maybe I like all kinds of dessert. I'll go apple apple pie and ice cream, warm apple pie with some ice cream on top.
1: All right. There you go. Ribs with some apple pie. Derek, Death Row, what's your last meal?
3: Alright, I'm getting some Hattie B's, some chicken tenders, and then I'm getting some waffles, right, eating those together, that's that's my last meal.
1: I am still pissed that I missed Hattie B's on our last trip to Nashville, it's definitely on my list, but as far as my last meal, I'm going to get a little sentimental here, I had a it's called fried tacos, so you make tacos, you, you basically, it's almost like a chalupa, and my Uncle Don had the recipe, passed it on to my dad, I've kind of taken it over, but you basically take a tortilla and kind of deep fry it in some oil for about 30 seconds each side, put it all together. It's one of the best tacos you'll ever have. So I get to cook my own meal when I'm on death row and I'm having me some fried tacos. All right, Derek, why is it okay for baseball players to be kind of fat, according to your wife?
3: I mean, I mean, they just don't run as much, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what was that? The kingpin when he walks in and he sees all the bowlers and he calls them like fine, finely tuned athletes, and they're all jamming pizza in. And I agree, they don't, they don't need to be svelte like you do in, in other sports. So, chop any thoughts on this, fat baseball players?
2: Ah, uh, because it's baseball. First of all, baseball is the exact opposite of the other sport. And the other sports. You want to get better, you lose a little weight, you get a little quicker, you know? In baseball, you want to get better, you gain that weight. You don't lose weight. You lose weight and you get worse. Look at Matt Adams and all these other guys. Like, you got to you got to you got to keep that weight on there to be good in baseball. You need a little you don't all that muscle, ah, there it is. Bingo. All that muscle in baseball, that doesn't help you at all. Come on now. All that, you you need to be flexible. You need to just Yeah, you need some flexibility. I think a little extra weight ain't – never hurt anybody in baseball.
1: Big, big country, you know, a little Adam Dunn, a little Prince Fielder. Like, you need that power behind you so you keep that weight on. All right, we'll finish it up with this one. Would you rather wake up with a different face but be the same gender or a different gender in the same face? And I'm going to start here. I do not want to be a damn female. Some of the shit that they go through – from, from the, the monthly shit they go through to pregnancies and spitting out kids. No, no, no. I'll, I'll take a different face. Could probably use an upgrade there, and I will stay <laughs> a male. Guys, any different thoughts there? You want, anyone want to switch genders here?
2: Well, first of all, I, I would have to see the face that I'm going to be getting a hold of. If, uh, you know, I need to see the face, all right? So you're
1: willing to switch to female for the right face
2: well it's you know if 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 I have to stay male but I have to walk around for the rest of my days looking like Dean or something like that then i'm there's going to be some issues there. Maybe I may want to switch because I'm perfectly fine with what I got now, so the way I see it if if, if you said I had to fly blind, I just had to trust it, and then I would probably go ahead and 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 switch genders and keep my face because even then, even if I was a girl i could still I could still have a relationship with girls. You know what i mean like it may even be easier if you know what i'm saying but so i i don't think it would really break my flow too much man but uh i just downside of switching faces is if you get stuck with one oh man you, you get stuck with a bad one and then you'd be that'd be it man
1: all right derek your turn any thoughts here different face oh, or a different gender what do you want to do
2: well
3: top not sure how attractive of a woman you'd be but um wouldn't, yeah. matter,
2: wouldn't matter,
3: bro.
1: <laughs> All I'm picturing is Chop with Dean's face as a woman. <laughs> wow, that's the, that's the picture I got here.
3: Yeah, she had to have Googled this question or something. There's no way she came up with this on her own. But uh, yeah, for me, I guess I would just do a different face, same gender. I mean, I wouldn't mind spending like a, a day in a female's body, just uh, test things out a little bit. But uh, yeah, for the rest of my life. I'll hey,
2: hey I go hit the gym and hit the showers, man. Yeah, as a female. <laughs> Shit, I'm starting to see some benefits to it now. Sign me
1: up. I don't want to be a woman, man. I give women all the credit. Please don't take this the wrong way. All the women out there, you know I love you, but I do not want to be a woman. I'll take my chances with the face. But that'll wrap us up here, guys, for the DFS OG's podcast right here on Roto Grinders. Hope you guys enjoyed the analysis, the user questions. Again, if you want to get a user question, just DM me on Roto Grinders or on Twitter or just send me the question there. And hopefully, no offense to the questions, I'm glad that people send them in, but we can do better. There's stuff. What do you want to know about the OGs? Chop, What? anything you want to say out to the people here about the user questions?
2: Yeah, they know to make them fun. Uh, we're going to give them more time moving forward. We, we haven't given them enough time. So starting next week, we're going to give you a little extra heads up, and you can get your question in. But – yeah, man. We're going to sit here and talk about this football and stuff for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. We, we, Those questions should be totally unrelated to football. Just give us some good stuff, man. We'll, we'll answer anything.
1: Absolutely. Now, Derek, any final thoughts here for part two of the OG's podcast?
2: Yeah, the more random the questions, the
3: better they're probably going to be. The more entertaining they'll be to listen to. Uh, as far as NFL goes, don't sacrifice any of your lineup spots. Uh, make sure you feel good about your whole team because you need to hit on every single one of those positions in order to uh, do well in this new NFL. All
1: right, And the correlations so important when you're building those lineups. If you're just randomly putting guys in there, that's generally not the way to do it. Your lineup has to make sense. So you ask yourself after you build it, does this lineup make sense? Are they correlated? Uh, that'll be my advice here. For week five, any other final thoughts, guys? Anything you want to get off your chest before we sign off here?
2: we good. We're good.
1: We're good. All right. Well, We're thank good. you, everybody, for listening to the DFSOGs podcast. I am Chris makers fan. Prince, as always, joined by Chop, by Derek. Good luck this week, and we'll see you right back here for week six. We'll see you.